Welcome to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and vampire with purpose, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm researcher, Dr. Kelly Jones, and I love a cup of coffee. <laughs> and we're here today to talk about Angel Season 2, Episodes 17 and 18, Disharmony and Dead End, both of which are watchers. We're evil fighters. That's why we suck at being evil. We were meant to fight evil. It's so clear to us now. So let's raise the stakes. In disharmony, Angel tries to get used to his new role working for Wesley and the team and struggles with Cordelia's hurt and anger when she tells him they aren't friends anymore. Cordy has a vision that leads the guys to a vampire pyramid scheme that's creating a lot of missing people and a lot of new, highly motivated vampires. While Cordelia deals with the pain of the vision, Harmony shows up at the Hyperion, hoping to catch up with Cordy, have a girls' night, and reminisce about their glory days at Sunnydale High. Cordy invites Harmony to stay with her, not realizing that Harmony is now a vampire. Cordy awakes to find Harmony in her bedroom, and after some blundering miscommunication, a clarifying phone call to Willow, and some bad gay jokes, Harmony comes out of the closet as a vamp to Cordy, who agrees to help her. Very much against Wes, Guns, and Angel's strong objections. Harmony thinks she's found her purpose fighting evil, until she's pulled into the vampire pyramid cult and remembers she is, you know, actually evil, and then she turns on Cordelia and company, handing them over to the cult leader Doug and his minions. Wes, Gunn, and Angel fight off the vamps, and Corny corners Harmony with not one, but two badass crossbows, but lets Harmony live to bite another day. An angel surprises Cordelia with new clothes to replace the ones he gave away because under that broody leather-cloaked and soul vampire exterior, he is in fact our marshmallow with a guilty conscience and enough fashion sense to know the way back into Cordelia's heart. Disharmony aired on April 17th, 2001. It was directed by Fred Keller, who returned to direct three more times, and written by David Fury, who wrote or co-wrote 11 episodes of Angel. All right. So, Kelly, where does Disharmony land on your perfect happiness scale? And as a reminder, zero is stake this and six is lost your soul. I gave this a five. I, okay. I adore this episode. I mean, mm-hmm. we get Willow. And Phantom Dennis. Harmony and Doug, the motivational speaker, turn vampire cult is so funny. Plus, we get Lorne. (laughs) (laughs) And the We're Not Friends bookend is so great. The episode has so much humor. Cordelia is awesome and badass in almost every moment, except for the terrible, awful, insulting gay jokes for which I subtracted a point. Right. I also give this episode a five. I love this episode. Harmony as a vampire is one of my favorite things in the entire Buffy verse. And I don't care that it doesn't make sense. And I don't care (laughs) that she's kind of a dumb character, which is always like, I never really like dumb characters, but I love her so much. And she's like Spike for me. Like whenever she shows up, I'm just delighted. I don't care about anything. And I'm always really glad that nobody kills her at the end of the episode. Because we have to have Harmony survive for another day. Yes. (laughs) Um, But this episode is just, it's so much fun. There's so much great stuff happening. And I love this episode. I always have. Um, So moments of perfect happiness. What do you got for me? Okay. So I actually started out with Wesley. Yes. I like Wesley again. 
And it's so nice to be able to like Wesley again. I know. I know. I love him kind of schooling Angel in these new ways of working. You know, and and then he looks over at Angel and he's like, this is torture for you, isn't it? (laughs) And he sends Angel to get his coffee. I'm like, oh my God. I know. I love it. I love how Wes is so mad about them letting Harmony live. Like, he's like, and when Gunn comes in, Wes is so sarcastic. He's like, it's all right Mm -hmm. to speak freely in front of her. She's a vampire. Right. (laughs) And I love Leslie for finally hitting his limit and trying to stake harmony for ripping the page out of an old book. Exactly. <laughs> I love that so much. Evil, vampire, all that stuff. He's like, all right, we'll deal with it. But she harms a book. Yep. And that's it. And I love what that says about Wesley. I yes. love the way he is so enraged and going after her. It is adorable. It is so great. Like, there is a line, and Wesley is going to enforce that line. <laughs> it was great. And then, I really loved this moment at the end when they're all surrounded by Doug and the bad vamps, and they have to decide, are they going to fight their way out, or what are they going to do? And Angel leaves the call up to Wes. And Wesley just charges, kill them all. (laughs) I know. And it's so great. I love Wesley being in charge. Like, this is the thing. All the things that I didn't like about Wesley, and I'm sure some of them will come up again. um, But the, like, you know, sexist comments, I don't like. And we're not seeing those anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, The goofy Wesley, where he's just comic relief. You know, we're not really seeing that anymore, which I really like. Uh, He's not bickering with Cordelia which I really like, which is also the source of a lot of his sexist bullshit. So all of this, you know, is like my perfect Wesley. I love everything. I love that books are the most important thing. I love how precious they are. Um, I love how he, you know, takes control with Angel. And I love that Angel looks to him yeah. and says, you're in charge. What are we going to do? You make the call, you know, and then Wesley is badass. Kill them all all yeah i love it all while they're surrounded you know and i mean a lot of them ran away because you know they're not going to get themselves killed right for this. but it was it was so great was, i really love that it was so mm-hmm. great but i think for me the star of this episode is cordelia yeah because we see such deep and nuanced emotion from her mm-hmm. and when she tells angel just so we understand each other you and i we're not friends yeah uh, Like, you know, it's hurting both of them, but she's drawing a line. And yet, even with that, she still works with him. Like, she's, it's like she's evolving into this level of professional, like, taking her work so seriously, taking that Mm -hmm. purpose so seriously. And I love seeing that in her. Cordelia tells Harmony, I'm happier now than I was then. And she was talking Mm -hmm. about like those air pockets inside of her filling up from the work she's doing. And I love that idea. Right. When she said that, I wrote in my notes, I was like, Lonnie Diane Rich, the love story between a woman and her work. Yes, I was just going to (laughs) say. 
that is absolutely one of my favorite things when people have that relationship with their work, when they love what they do, you know, and it's such a growth for Cordelia, you know, over on Still Pretty that I'm doing uh, with Noelle LaCroix, we're going through all of Buffy, we're early in season two of Buffy, so it's a couple of years behind. I'm watching Cordelia, and I mean, I really like her, mm-hmm. you know, but but the progress that she's made, the ways in which she has changed as she's moved into this, you know, yeah. um, it's just, it's been really wonderful to kind of like watch this character go deeper, yeah. you know, and be stronger and more connected and less... You know, less kind of silly, I think, mm-hmm. than than she was. You know, and of course, that's the high school to now. She's miraculously twenty five, right? right? Um, <laughs> she should she should be like nineteen, but she's miraculously she's like twenty five. You know, as far as anybody's concerned. Um, and it's so fun to kind of see her grow up and find purpose. You know, and of course, that's what Angel's about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about purpose. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, and and listening to you and Noel on Still Pretty, like it's really mm-hmm. helped me appreciate even more the relationship between Cordelia and Willow and so I really loved Cordelia calling Willow on this Mm -hmm. that like that's who she goes to for help or you know for advice or whatever and even though it wasn't done well like I just I liked that moment between the two of them and it's a Mm -hmm. tiny thing but I love Cordy for putting pineapple on pizza oh delighted me (laughs) do you like pineapple I love pineapple on pizza I think that's great. <laughs> so when we order pizza, I won't put pineapple on yours. <laughs> but we'll put I pineapple on half. Yeah. We'll put pineapple on half. And then I'll get all the stuff that my kids won't ever let me order, there like mushrooms. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me happy. Um, and I loved her telling Angel, you know, she said, you didn't just betray me, Angel. You didn't just hurt me. You gave away my clothes. And, right. and I know it's kind of funny and cute. But clothes mm-hmm. are to Cordy what books are to Wesley. And and I yes. think that that, mm-hmm. I don't think it's shallow. I think it's very true to her character. And mm-hmm. and I like that they were really kind of true to that. Like that genuinely hurt her because Angel knows what those clothes mean to her. I mean, if, yeah. if Wes had come back to that office and all his books were gone. Uh, yeah. Right. We would not yeah. be playing that for comic relief. And I think that there's there's an equal importance of those things to the two of them. So I really liked her expressing that. Um, to yeah, Angel. I mean, it was it was a really nice moment. And I think that, you know, she was telling him, you know, he knows how important that is to her and giving away her clothes to me when he was doing that was like, okay, if I do this, right, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to be forgiven. And when you shut off the avenue to being forgiven, it's, I think, easier, right. you know, for people to, uh, to kind of separate from other people. It's kind of like that separation anxiety thing, right? You right. make them really mad at you and you be awful so that it won't hurt so much being separated, exactly. you know? Um, so even though it is kind of played for a joke, it is deeply, deeply personal to her. And then he says, I gave him to the needy. And she goes, I'm the needy, you know, and that's true. That's like true. those are her clothes that she had from when her parents had money right. and she could buy stuff. And now, so it's not like she could just go shopping and get a bunch of new clothes. Exactly. She didn't have any money, exactly. You know, so I mean, yeah, the the clothes are deeply personal, and I like that she's, you know, being direct about that and saying, you know, this is the stuff that you did that really hurt me. Yeah, and because she, she's being very clear about how she feels, yeah. and she's not making it easier for him which I also yeah. really like. Mm-hmm. And I love mm-hmm. her trying so hard to help Harmony. 
And and you can see that conflict in her. Like, with her work, she knows exactly what it means to be a vampire. Yes. But she mm-hmm. still can't quite, like, she can't quite give up on Harmony. And I, yeah. and I really mm-hmm. like that. But when she holds that crossbow on Harmony at the end, and Harmony's like, you know mm-hmm. that won't kill me. Because she's got it aimed at mm-hmm. her throat. And Cordelia pulls out a second crossbow aimed at her heart. Yeah. And says mm-hmm. no that'll just hurt like hell this is the one that will kill you it's like uh, badass cordy is awesome i love it it was so I great i love <laughs> it i love badass cordy you know i mean it's it's nice we're seeing so much evolution in the character which is really nice and it's earned evolution you know we're not just changing her because we want to change her i mean she has been through some shit and it's not just like losing everything living you know on no money not having to like fend for herself and mm-hmm. do for herself you know but it's also that she's got these visions and they're taking such a toll on her and she's experiencing empathy in a way that she has never experienced that before right. so like at the end of season one we see this massive change in Cordy but it's all earned yes so it's really nice to see that evolution absolutely and then we get kind of the opposite in evolution with Harmony as a vampire which (laughs) just kind of delights me because her personality is so still intact yeah I don't like her because she's annoying as hell but I like her as a character and then it's kind of like because Cordy loves her I kind of have to like her in an annoying sort of way (laughs) But and yeah. Spike was so terrible to her that I can really mm-hmm. understand her feeling all alone and wanting to start over, you know, and I love that her yeah. nickname is Harm, but I know I think I'd end up staking her out of sheer annoyance. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, she if she did anything to your books like that, you oh, would. Yeah, I, she'd be dead. Me and Wesley <laughs> are a united front on that. That would absolutely not be okay and then i would pick up all the dust and the ashes and i would put them in a glass bottle and i would put that on the bookshelf to warn any other vampire who ever thought about tearing up one of my books no (laughs) (laughs) i love harmony like harmony is one of my favorite characters and i i I can't really explain it because she is kind of dumb you know and she's played for jokes and she's but there is something about her that is um there's such a consistency mm-hmm. about her that even when she becomes a vampire, and this is going to be like part of my you know research questions, but even when she becomes a vampire, she doesn't change that much. Yeah, her personality, who she is at the core of of you know of harmony, is so clear, you know, and so strong that she remains and her being harmony while being you know a, a vampire mm-hmm. is just the most hilarious, delightful thing. I love it. I do love the vampire who loves unicorns. There is something yes. about that that will always delight me. And <laughs> yes. and I love that one shot where we get like this great team shot, right? Of Angel and mm-hmm. Gunn and Wes and Cordy walking down the street together. And then the camera cuts and it cuts back and Harmony's there. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, I'm one of the good guys now. <laughs> so right. funny to me. Um, and... Doug, the vampire motivational speaker, whole pyramid scheme cult thing cracked me up. And I rewound (laughs) and paused to go back. I was trying to get the title of his book uh, because you can publish after death, apparently, which also gives me Uh hope as a writer. But his, (laughs) his book was called Selective Slaughter, Turning a Bloodbath into a Blood Bank. 
so funny. And I love how it took less than 20 minutes for Harmony to completely buy in and become a true believer and to start quoting Doug. She's like, I tune out (laughs) mental roadblocks. Like 20 minutes, she's done. Yes. Harmony is very much of the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that she just absorbs stuff very quickly because she holds on to nothing, yeah. you know, and not entirely dissimilar to Spike. Yeah. Spike is a vampire that lives in the moment. And Harmony is absolutely another one like that. Like, she is at any moment she will choose something and she'll just run with it. And it doesn't matter if it's inconsistent. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, if the five minutes before she was like, I'm going to fight, you know, I'm going to fight on the side of good. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. She is just always, always going to make whatever choice in the moment is most appealing to her. Yeah. And, and even though she's like really annoying and they play her as dumb, she actually came up with a really smart plan and she tricked the whole team, even Angel. I liked her plan being really smart, and I liked yeah. that her plan worked. Yeah. And she kind of looks to all the vampires around her and says, I belong with them. Right. And the thing is, she kind of does. She does. She does. Yeah. You know, there might have been, like, leadership opportunity for her. Although, I don't know if there would be leadership opportunity. <laughs> I mean, she made I'm it to sure the blue level that. in 20 minutes. <laughs> well, no, fair enough, because she got all them in there. But, um, you know, but, like, yeah. the... You know, like the um, the cosmetic company that like they want yes. to show you, they want you to sell their stuff at home. Like she would be the person on the PowerPoint who would be like, "Last year I earned a cruise, and it was an exactly. all-you-could-drink buffet, and blah blah blah." <laughs> she could be like the face of the of the pyramid scheme. It would be great. <laughs> oh my god! No, it's so great, and I love too. Like you know, when when Cordy leaves her at the house, and she's like, "I don't want to be here alone with a ghost." Oh. You know? <laughs> That was so it's funny. Just, it's so cute. It's so funny. It's so contradictory and yet so consistent with who Harmony is. It Harmony as a vampire is the most delightful thing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> you know? But I love Gun. Don't we kill him anymore? <laughs> <laughs> So whatever. And then we have Harmony, you know, like coming back to this whole, I mean, she's such a silly thing and it's like this throwaway thing, but, but we have her coming back to this idea of purpose, which of course is what Angel is all about. Angel is about purpose. You know, it's about doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And she's trying to figure out her purpose. Like, where is she going? What is she doing? Why is she doing the things that she's doing? I fight good or I fight for good now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that even as we're being silly and ridiculous with Harmony, we're bringing it back to this main theme, you know, like the, the love theme between somebody and what they do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really love the theme of friendship mm-hmm. that we get all the way through this because yeah. we see some growth from both Harmony and Cordelia. Mm-hmm. And Harmony says, I'm not the same person I was back at Sunnydale High. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know that that is because she's a vampire, but she's also been through a huge change in her life, yeah. just like Cordy mm-hmm. has. And mm-hmm. I like that they're not mean girling each other. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're actually kind of kind to each other and they're they're both sort of trying to make the best yeah. of their situation, but but there's not that shallow passive aggressive mean girl stuff going on. Yeah. I like that too. And I loved Cordy calling Willow and then Willow immediately calling Angel to mm-hmm. warn them that Cordy was in danger because <laughs> right. I think Willow knew that Cordy might not be able to kill Harmony. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. I wish Willow was a regular guest. Like, we'll get her a couple of more times, but yeah. man, just no. that makes me so happy. And yeah. then, of course, in the middle of all this miscommunication, who's on first, who's mm-hmm. gay, confusion, right. Willow defines her terms. Yes. It's <laughs> you know? like, mm-hmm. just so we're clear on the fact, right. Harmony's a vampire. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, Willow, that's how you do it. <laughs> It was so great. And, I know. Mm-hmm. And I love Phantom Dennis slamming the door to warn yeah. Cordy that Harmony's in her bedroom. But mm-hmm. until Harmony did that, Phantom Dennis didn't bother her. Right. So, like, Phantom Dennis was giving her a chance, too. And yeah, I think Phantom that Dennis, was who was very protective in general, yeah. you know, but he gave Harmony a shot and just mm-hmm. kept an eye on her, you know. Yep, yeah. which I thought was really good. And mm-hmm. I loved Cordelia taking Harmony to Caritas and yes. <laughs> Lorne saying, I think your friend should reconsider the name <laughs> Harmony. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. But, yeah, I, but can, I, love- I can relate because right. I sing even mm-hmm. worse than Harmony does. So oh, no. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> I also love like when we're talking about friendship, when Angel and Wesley come busting into Cordy's yeah. apartment, you know, with yeah. the um with the uh the crossbows drawn and the stake and just ready to like kill her. Mm-hmm. You know, and Cordy's there, they're doing each other's toenails, you know. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> but Wes and Angel rushed over, you know, they're ready to do battle, save Cordelia. I mean, I love that. I know, I do too. Mm-hmm. And even though Angel is trying too hard, yeah, you know, he's trying to support Courtney's decision to support Harmony, even though he knows damn well mm-hmm. that is not going to work out. I did like that he believed her vision um, yeah. when they get to that, like, bird statue, but it's not red, mm-hmm. that he figures out to go turn on the light at the electronic mm-hmm. store so the red sign lights up. Yeah. And I, I like it. And it, it also, it just kind of reminds me that, like, when Angel's focused... He mm-hmm. is focused. Yeah. And right now, like, his focus is finding a way to have Cordelia not hate him anymore. Yeah. Like, it just means so much to him. And I know, but I think that I think that that's genuine faith in her, though. Like, she's yeah. doubting her vision. She's like, I know that there's something here. And as soon as she says that, he looks around, he figures it out. Yeah. You know, just because he has faith in her. Like, he believes in her more than she really believes in herself, which I think is also really nice. Yeah, I did too. And then Mm -hmm. I like this kind of bookend on the the idea of still being friends at the end when Harmony's telling Cordelia, it's nothing personal, I'm evil, we're we're still friends, right? (laughs) And Cordelia says, no, Harmony, we're not friends. I want you out of my city. And I love Cordelia claiming L.A. Yeah. As her own. When she lets Harmony live, she tells Angel, don't say anything, not a word. Like, yeah. <laughs> she knows mm-hmm. what he's going to say, and she doesn't want to hear it. And and then we get back to the office, and Angel has bought Cordelia this new wardrobe. Yeah. Which also was Angel spending money, mm-hmm. which we know how much she hates to do. Yes. <laughs> and I don't like Angel trying to buy back Cordy's affections, but he did give away her clothes, and he knows her. Right. And he knows what that would mean to her. And I think her joy is a true to character response and therefore completely delightful. Other than the gay joke, which I will stake in a minute. (laughs) We'll just, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, I mean, Wes is so disappointed in Angel because Angel, you know, quote unquote, bought Cordy's affection but it's it's not that like he's not buying her you know her affection what he's doing is showing her that he understands what he did 
that yep. he knows what it meant to her, what those clothes mean to her. And mm-hmm. so we treat it kind of textually like it's very shallow and, and angels just buying her affection and buying her forgiveness, you know. But that's actually, I don't think, what's happening here, yeah, you know. me too. It's a genuine understanding of what it is that he did and how he can make that better, you know, by getting her some clothes. And the fact that the clothes delight her is not a problem. You know what? Cordelia has mind-splitting visions of horrible things on a regular basis. If something delights her, yeah, she gets it. Exactly. And he didn't, it wasn't like, oh, well, here's a couple hundred bucks, go shopping. Exactly. He he took the time to pick out things that he Mm -hmm. knew she would like. Yeah. And so like, I mean, gifts is one of the love languages and it's obviously working for Cordy here. And so I really think it was a demonstration that he knows her and that he was trying to, you know, show love to her. And it's not like he said, okay, if you'll forgive me, I'll take you shopping. Right. Right. And shopping itself is a nightmare. Shopping is the worst. Like I'm a woman and I hate shopping more than anything. So the fact that he went out into the world and did all of that shopping, like it's not about the purchase, you know, it's about the, what he did, the effort he put into it, the thought he put into it, that he picked out stuff that she would love, that she loved it all. You know, I mean, all of that is great. Well, and somebody knowing what you specifically love and why you love it shows that Mm -hmm. they know you. Yeah. Like so I really thought that that was a demonstration of love and I think Wesley's disapproval falls into that little box of it's not what he considers the right way and Wesley right. wants to be right. Yes. You know, Wesley mm-hmm. told Angel to give Cordelia time. Instead, mm-hmm. Angel had a way of expressing love that spoke more clearly to Cordy and it yeah. violated Wesley's idea of the right thing. Right. And I think that right. that's why he was kind of disappointed but in this uh, case i think angel was right i think he was too i think textually though we're supposed to be on wesley's side i think textually this is supposed to be a joke about buying her affection i think that the joke about her clothes was supposed to be a joke about cordy being shallow but actually what happened is they wrote it a certain way and it was actually better than the intent yeah i think so (laughs) too yeah i think so too i really do all I right, do. so what are you going to stake in this episode? Because I know what you're going to stake in this episode. It's the same thing I'm staking in this episode. Oh, my God. Enough already with the bad gay jokes. Yes. So when Harmony comes into Cordelia's bedroom and she's all, I thought I could resist these urges. You have no idea how hard it is to stay away from you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. So yeah. Harmony's a vampire. Cordelia thinks she's gay. I guess sometimes it's hard to tell bloodlust from, well, lust. But (laughs) in just that moment, Cordelia handled that situation with some grace and some kindness. Yes. But then we get this line from Harmony and she says, I haven't had any for a while. And what? Like, that line is beyond gross. I can't even. And then, of course, Cordelia has to call Willow and, oh, all this time, I thought she was a great big lesbo. And, of right. course, Willow's gay. And I'm like, it, it's just ugly and dumb. And we can't even have right. the possibility of a gay character on Angel without a crude exactly, joke. Exactly. Exactly. But I do like one thing about this. Okay. Is that we see Cordy and we hear her side as Willow tells her that she herself is gay. Yes. Right? And so we have Cordy 
in this moment having a consequence for speaking like that, which we never have. So at least we had that. At least we had her being schooled in the moment. And I'm like, all right, you know, at least we got that. Yeah, but it didn't it didn't hit hard enough because then yeah. when Angel gave her those clothes, which was so great, she's all excited. She says, you have the best taste in clothes. You have like a gay man's taste in clothes. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn it. Like, <laughs> stop it, Cordy. So, I mean, right. she's she's so great in this episode. She shows empathy. She's a badass, you know, and she, she lets Harmony live. She lays mm-hmm. down boundaries with Angel, but... We just have to get in these appalling gay jokes. And I mean, just, yeah. just no. Like, it's just ridiculous. And in a show that is so, like, ridiculously heteronormative. I mean, you know, even as at this time over on Buffy, we've got, you know, Willow and Tara and that relationship and all that stuff going on. And this is the same crew of people <laughs> working right. on both shows. Like how we have this show that is so incredibly heteronormative. I mean, we do have Lorne, you know, who does show some elements of of possible like uh, gender fluidity or, you know, sexual fluidity or whatever. But we never textually acknowledge that. We never talk about it. We never make it a true part of his character. We sort of hint at it while at the same time always making these gay jokes, you know, so... Like, yeah, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of that. I, you know, I appreciate the impulse for the, uh, the miscommunication, you know, mm-hmm. with Cordy and Harmony. And it's kind of funny, you know, right. in, in some parts, it's kind of funny. Um, but it could have been so much better if we hadn't worked that dough quite so hard, if we hadn't had Cordelia, you know, say great big lesbo, if we, you know, like there are things that we could have done to make that work a little bit better and be a little bit more genuine and funny, but in an environment in which like, you know, we're looking at this moment so tightly and in an environment where we had gay characters, you know, where it was no big deal, you know, where we didn't treat it like it was some kind of weird aberration, but it's just kind of like another thing that people can be, you know, this might not have bothered me so much. But within the context, the greater context of this very heteronormative, whenever there's any kind of, um, you know, like sexual kind of anything, it's always presumed heteronormative, you know, we like work with that presumption all the time. And I just like, I understand it was 20 years ago. Like I understand all of these things, like, you know, whatever, but it's still something that I think within that context, something that might not have bothered me so much ends up bothering me a lot more. Yeah, me too. And just the lack of a direct conversation because yeah, when Cordelia said to Harmony, I didn't know that you felt that way about me. Right. Well, it's implied to Cordelia because the whole show is so heter- heteronormative. But if she had said, I didn't know you had sexual feelings towards me, mm-hmm. they could have opened up a conversation and Harmony could say, no, I don't. I really want to bite you right now because I'm a vampire. And well, right. But we could say you've got... <laughs> But you've got feelings about me, like, clearly that doesn't because the whole thing with the the misunderstanding is that everything that's said works in both contexts, right? And that line doesn't work in that context, exactly in the vampire context. So it's one of those things where, you know, if they had if they had not worked the dough so hard, if they had not tried to 
get like every possible thing in there. If they had made it a lighter misunderstanding, it still would have been funny. Um, and you know, and if we had just had it be a little more sensitive, like it's not such a surprise and it's not such a big deal and like right. all that kind of stuff. There's, there's things that could have been done to make that work a little bit better, but it's, it's really this overall context within Angel that everyone is straight until proven otherwise, you know, that presumption, exactly. um, that makes this a little bit tougher. Yep. So that was really my only stake, but I did have yeah. a couple of like strange not staking and not perfect happiness and not research questions. So why do computers catch fire on Buffy and Angel? I don't know. And you know, that's not how computers work because she poured the blood on the keyboard and the keyboard is separate from the, plus when you pour liquid on something, it usually, I mean, I guess it could short out and it could spark a little bit, but, but the whole computer just sparking and dying, like that's, that's not how that works. Yeah. And I was like, what? Because I have spilt not blood but coughing on right. a keyboard mm-hmm. before, and it didn't blow up. And yeah, <laughs> it's like well, it's okay. fine. And it's um, fine. I thought that that green vamp cult robe with a snake looks a lot like a Slytherin house. It robe. does, and it so does. I wondered if like maybe some of them were going to Hogwarts. I just thought, I don't know. <laughs> just thought it was it's entirely possible. <laughs> and then I think we need to share a pro tip. Yes. That you should never, ever make out in a parked car in the Weenverse because it never ends well. No, it never does. It never does. I can't think of a single circumstance in which people have made out in a car and it hasn't just been terrible. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. So can you move us over into research mode? What do you got? So I loved Cordy taking Harmony to Caritas. Yes. But mm-hmm. how does Lorne read vampires if they don't have souls? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess do demons have souls? He reads I, demons. I think contextually we've established that demons have souls except for vampires. Oh, really? Well, I thought the demons didn't have souls, but there was something we know else that made them good souls. on occasion. Like, yeah. we know vengeance demons have souls. Well, because and, they came from human, right? Oh, is that why? But so did vampires. Maybe. So, like, I don't but, know. I don't I, know. Yeah, none of it makes any sense. I'm not really sure. But yeah, I don't know. Is it the soul that he's reading? Or is it the aura? Or is it the I mean, we, we have so little clarity on all of this. Nobody's defining terms. That's got to make you crazy. It drives me insane. So like, <laughs> what's the difference between the soul and the aura? Like, right. I need, mm-hmm. I just need to sit down and have a very long drink and a very yes. deep discussion with Lorne. Right. That's what I need. And <laughs> Lorne also kind of like, listens to harmony and he knows what's going on and he sort of shrugs and he's like well i'm not harmony's god cordelia is mm-hmm. and i was kind of like all right what's up with that because right. was was lauren really just saying cordy sweetheart you know there's no way this is going to work you need to go figure that out in a way that was also nice to harmony or like i didn't quite understand what he was doing there yeah i don't know um i mean i guess what he's seen is that Harmony's direction is lies with Cordy, that Cordy is the one who could, I, I don't know, save her, but she's a vampire. Right. Like, here's the thing. She's a vampire. She does not have a soul. She is going to kill people. That is her nature. 
Like, why are we pretending? You know, she's like one of those baby tigers that people think is really cute until it chews <laughs> off your arm. Like, I mean, the nature of the thing, like the nature of the vampire, even when it's harmony, is that it will try to kill you. Like, right. that's just what it does. That's just the nature of it, you know? And like when we have Angel with Cordy before they go into the theater and he's like, she will turn on you. Yeah. This is going to happen, you know? Um, of course... She will. There was no way that was ever going to end any differently. Yeah. So I I'll, I don't understand core. I don't understand Harmony wanting to be good. Yeah. Like what is inspired? Like I know she had a breakup, right? You know, because she just left and and had that breakup with Spike. So she's going through this whole thing and she's visiting with an old friend. Like, but it's but that's all very human these are right. all very human things these are not really like vampire things looking for purpose and looking for you know like i don't know it's weird so harmony is definitely an odd duck of a vampire she is allowed to break all the rules of vampires mm -hmm. and we just believe it because she's so much fun yeah well and she's so convincing because she is yeah. so consistent yes you mm -hmm. know like yeah. i think if a puppy ran out there that Harmony would like delight in the cuteness of the right. puppy. Like I just, yes. there's something about her character. And then is... she would eat the puppy because she's a vampire. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then feed it to a little unicorn statue. Right. But, exactly. <laughs> but then I thought, well, Cordy is going to need to do that invitation reversal spell to keep right. Harmony from coming back to her apartment. So mm -hmm. I hope, and that would have been a great reason to bring Willow back. Yes. And oh, that would have made would. me happy. So, it would. But my my last research question is not about Harmony, it's about mm -hmm. Angel. Yeah. So Cordy is telling him, you know, do, do you know how scared I was that you were turning yeah. back into Angelus? Like you were so close. Do you realize what could have happened if you slept with Darla? Mm -hmm. And Angel says, you know, I would never do that. And I was right. like, whoa. First of all, Angel doesn't normally flat out lie. No. Like, there are things he doesn't tell them, but Cordy opened that door to that conversation, and Angel yeah. flat out lied. Right. And I know that he's, like, desperately trying to earn Cordelia's forgiveness, but mm -hmm. if you're trying to rebuild a friendship, like, lying is not in your top ten power tools. No, and absolutely. I was really surprised and disappointed in him for lying like that and and i'm like okay there there has to be some consequences for that conversation later yeah no there absolutely does and the thing is that like i understand that this is not the time to get into that conversation like i right. understand him avoiding right. and skirting it yes. but the direct lie you know i'd never do that right you know like that is not okay um and and you know to say something like like change the subject or like you know right. we can talk about that later and right. she's all wrapped up in other stuff that she doesn't pick up on it like any of that would have been fine and it would have yep. been consistent with angel but the direct outright lie mm -hmm. not okay no absolutely especially not after okay. everything they've been through he's trying to win back her trust why is he lying to her exactly and it yeah. seemed really out of character for angel and and like you said if he had skirted the conversation i would totally mm -hmm. understand why yeah but to flat now out is lie, not the time right, right. Mm -hmm. you know i would never do that it felt like gaslighting which is not yes that's which is not okay. territory not angel yeah so mm -hmm. yeah i think angel needs a very stern talking to
He does need a stern talking to, but while we wait for that, you want to give us one to brood on? Yes. Disharmony is an episode of comic relief. After the intense, emotional, and also a couple of bad episodes we've had the last <laughs> few weeks, Angel was trying to reconnect and repair his relationship with Cordelia, Wesley, and Gunn, and to take up the mantle of helping the helpless once more, but it ain't easy, because man, atonement is a bitch. <laughs> Other than the heteronormative bullshit, this is a fun and funny episode of Angel, and it's the source of the happy Cordy dance gift that we love so much, <laughs> and the mending friendships plus Willow give us enough moments of perfect happiness to call this one a watcher. All right, and now we move into another watcher, another great episode, Dead End. In Dead End, Cordy has a vision of a man who, for no apparent reason, stabs himself in the eye, and the gang is on the case trying to find him. Meanwhile, Lindsay gets a new hand from the Wolfram & Hart Magical Transplant Program, and the hand starts misbehaving. Turns out, magical transplants come with a side helping of evil, and that's not good for anybody. While Cordy suffers as the visions take a greater and greater toll, the crew tries to find out what's going on, but the key, it turns out, is Lindsay. Angel and Lindsay reluctantly work together to solve the mystery and find the body part farm where live people are taken piece by piece until there are no pieces left. Lindsay and Angel destroy the place. Cordy gets a little better now that the mystery is solved, and Lindsay decides to quit Wolfman Hart and skip town in his kick-ass crappy truck. Dead End aired on April 24th, 2001. It was directed by James A. Conner and written by David Greenwald. All right, so Dead End, pretty good episode. On the perfect happiness scale, Dr. Jones, zero at stake this, six at lost your soul. What happened with you and Dead End? Oh, baby, we are so at a six. <laughs> I, I know. Lost... Lindsay sang, and I don't think anything else matters. <gasps> <No>. That's it. <laughs> I lost my soul to a bad boy's gorgeous darkness at a demon karaoke bar, and there really should be a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I mean, Christian Kane singing and playing the guitar. Of mm -hmm. course, this is All a six. Right. Hell, if his hair was long, this episode might have been a seven. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like the short hair. Ooh. I like the short hair. Yeah. Well, and plus, we get some great humor and sweet Angel and Angel and Lindsay yeah. teaming up and the mm -hmm. crazy evil hand speech and wonderful Cordy. I know. There are a couple scenes in this episode that I have to look away from, but mm -hmm. it didn't seem fair to deduct points for exceeding my personal pain threshold. It's right. horrific, but it's also really smart. And this is dark urban fantasy. So it's still a six for me. All right. Awesome. Well, for me, this is a five. I think it's a great episode. I love it when Angel and Lindsay work together. Their relationship is so much fun. And I'm going to miss Lindsay now that he's gone. Oh, yeah. But... Well, it's hard to watch Cordy suffer. I think it's also really good narratively to have the thing that we desperately need, her visions that they come with a cost. So I think we're doing a lot of really, really great stuff in here, and I absolutely enjoy it. But Lindsay singing at the karaoke bar, while well, it's nice. Still, it's not the kind of thing that's going to, you know, throw me into a six. So I'm, I'm at a five, but a five is really nice. Six is I'm, I'm reserving sixes. For the sh like the episodes, I just I can like I'm gonna tell you right now the Muppet episode is gonna be a six. Yes, just the Muppet that. episode is definitely <laughs> for a six. somebody who hates hates <laughs> Muppets. Muppets. But I anyway, <laughs> I think that is so cute. 
I, it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of the quirky things that makes me, me. So moments of perfect happiness. Let me guess what you're going to start with. Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Jones, would that be some Lindsay McDonald? That would be some Lindsay McDonald. And it, and it starts out like, I really feel for him because yeah. seeing his reality of daily life with one hand, right? His ties are already tied. Yeah. Hanging in the mm-hmm. closet and that guitar is abandoned in the corner. And I know he's evil. I know, I know he's evil, but Mama, I but Mama, love I love him. <laughs> <laughs> and of, yeah. of course, his performance at Caritas. But I really enjoyed everyone else's reaction. Yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when Cordy tells Lindsay straight up, "I know you're evil and everything," but that was amazing, <laughs> right? <laughs> so great and and i love when Lindsay tracks down that parole officer but he doesn't know the code and that guy beats the hell out of him and then angel shows up to save him and Lindsay is so mad (laughs) i know oh my god the two of them fighting and Lindsay waving that gun around and the guy being like you want to be careful with that gun right i mean this whole thing that whole scene honestly delighted me so much. It's uh, it's one of the best things in the whole run of Angel. I love that scene. Oh. I love the back and forth with Angel. I love holding the guy in between them, and the guy's just like, "I am in over my head." Suddenly, you know, it so it's great. all so great. Mm-hmm. It was so great. Angry Lindsay might be as much yes. fun as Angry Angel, and like oh, <laughs> having yeah. the two of them together was so great. But that final Wolferman Heart meeting. Oh Lindsay my God! Is <gasps> priceless, and he tells Lila, "You don't have what it takes—an evil hand, <laughs> an evil hand." <laughs> His whole guard. thing is so so it's great, so and Christian Kane does that perfectly. And that moment when he's leaving and he pinches her on the butt, he's like, "Evil, evil what hand." Can I do? And evil I mean, the hand. thing is, ordinarily, ordinarily, men grabbing at women's bodies, you know, because this is a problem that we have male entitlement to female bodies is something that's a big, big problem culturally. Um, so ordinarily, that kind of thing would make me nuts. But it's so great. I mean, first of all, it's Lila and they have a relationship. It's not a sexual relationship, but it is a relationship, you know, and it's less about misogyny and, you know, minimizing her autonomy as a woman than it is just about like the two of them and their very particular relationship. And it also comes on the heels of him having just, you know, told them all how kick ass she is, how strong she is, how yeah. smart she is, protecting her by telling them, you know, that she's got all the files on them and right. that she will absolutely hand them their asses. And then, you know, so he's showing respect for her as a person, but that moment grabbing her ass and then saying evil <laughs> hand. hand what am i gonna do? <laughs> what am like, i gonna it's do it's so perfect <laughs> so it's great. so when so perfect he, that this is an incidence where i forgive it yeah when he grabs the gun from that guard and shoots him in the foot and says stop oh it evil God. hand stop it stop it <laughs> it was so great and i love him like protecting lila and making that recommendation for her too yeah. it's mm-hmm. like lila is your guy me, I'm unreliable. Yeah. I've got these evil hand issues. <laughs> and I'm And then he says, and I'm bored with his crap. Right. And he walks which out. I love. Oh, I love that. I love it so much. It's so All of it, great. honestly. It's my favorite Lindsay. And then at the end, you know, when Angel comes to see him at his truck, yeah. first of all, 
I love Lindsay. You know, Lindsay has identities, you know, mm-hmm. and there is, you know, down home Lindsay, you know, with his leather jacket and his jeans and his flannel shirt and his crap ass truck, you know, and then there's like office Lindsay, you know, evil Wolferman heart Lindsay, you know, and mm-hmm. so I love getting down home Lindsay because that feels more genuine to who he actually is. And I just I love it. I love that whole interaction with him and Angel. And I love the boots. <laughs> Oh, the boots. God, that man the looks boots good The boots are pretty damn good. Yeah. And, and I love this. Like, we have all this conflict and tension between mm-hmm. Angel and Lindsay. And we have some similarities between them, too. And they play out beautifully. Mm-hmm. And when they're trying to, like, figure out what's going on at the beginning, Angel wants to go to Caritas. And the mm-hmm. gang is like, Gunn says, Angel's going to sing? Before he's like, there has to be some other way. And Wesley says, think, damn it. And Angel's like, hey. <laughs> like, we walk in there and um, Angel tells Wesley, I was thinking about Stairway to Heaven. And Wes says, yeah. don't even joke about that. And right. <laughs> then, like, we cut from that to Lindsay on stage yeah. being so amazing. And I kind of love having Lindsay be so damn good at something that Angel is bad at. I know. I like that, too. I thought that was pretty cool. And I loved Lorne threatening to kick Angel out if he keeps talking over Lindsay singing. <laughs> that was fantastic. And Lorne makes that eye joke and he tells Lindsay, he's like, you'll get it later. And <laughs> right. <laughs> they're going to have to work together. Um, but Lorne called Lindsay sugar. And yeah. That delighted me to no end. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> I love this kind of role with Angel being all Zen. He's like yeah. somewhere between wise mentor or like dad or like really, really, mm-hmm. really, really, really older brother. Although there's still yeah. enough tension between the two of them that if that fighting had turned into a kissing, it would have made my still thirsty <sighs> section. I'm no, just saying. They are brothers to me. It is mm. such a clear brotherly relationship. I mean, like, I get you got your thirst and it's good. It's cool. But like, uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I see them. I see them so clearly as brothers. And Lindsay, you know, when he's throwing the fit with the parole officer, <laughs> and he's so angry. So like bad. that is a younger brother, older brother dynamic with the two of them and Angel is just constantly like Angel basically is doing the equivalent of putting his hand on Lindsay's head while Lindsay swipes in the air (laughs) trying to get him like that's That's what this relationship is that is not a sexy relationship I mean they are both sexy men individually and I'm not saying I have a problem and especially good God I would love to see some non hetero like (laughs) relationships on this show but this particular relationship I think is so brotherly for me that like the idea of them ever kissing is like because it just <laughs> well, feels you, so brotherly you kind of won the brotherly argument in my mind when they're having like this moment at the end mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. and yeah Lindsay's getting ready to leave and he's loading up his truck and angel comes and kind of gives him this like sort of a pep talk um but mm-hmm. Lindsay's still too pissed off and there's all this snark and Lindsay tells angel you know you can have this place and he gives him mm-hmm. some advice about wolfram and Hart and like just when you think that they're kind of maybe sort of reconciling, Lindsay drives off and Angel has put that sign on the back of his truck that says, yeah. cops suck. <laughs> I was like, okay, that 
rang like big brother to me. Uh, well, yeah. Very, yeah. very, he comes very in. older brother. <laughs> right. I mean, he comes in at the beginning. He says, I'm really glad I didn't have to do anything immature. Yeah. Know, but he's already put the sign <laughs> the on the sign back on of the his car. <laughs> it is absolutely a brother relationship. I love this relationship. And, you know, Lindsay, like, it, it took a while for me to warm up to Lindsay. I really didn't care for him at first, you know. Mm-hmm. At this point, I love Lindsay so much and seeing him drive off, you know, makes my heart sad. Oh, I know. Me <laughs> I too. want him to stay. I want him you to know? stay. Yeah, yeah, I know. So. And and I'm glad we'll get to see him later, but I hate how much time it takes yeah. to get him back. And, but, oh, yeah. God, he was so great. And then we got He's such so great Cordelia and team, too. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. her empathy is growing and her dedication to this work and the people they help is so tender and moving and raw and painful and my yeah. my heart just hurts for her because mm-hmm. she is in agony you know yeah mm-hmm. and and i like that we're sort of like closing some gaps or sort of putting a little more scrutiny on angel so mm-hmm. like angel getting Lindsay's new fingerprint off that glass was really yeah. smart but I was mm-hmm. wondering, okay, how did he run a fingerprint search? And the, sure. the team made him explain that. And, yeah. and I really mm-hmm. like that line from Angel. He's like, you know, when I was in charge, no one questioned my methods or my singing. And, and Cordy <laughs> says, well, you're half right. And, right. <laughs> and thought it was hilarious that Angel hired another PI. I know. To run and the then Wesley's like, we're the private investigators. <laughs> so funny but gun and wesley and angel watching cordy unable to help yeah you know when she's mm-hmm. in so much pain it's just i mean it's hard to watch but it's really great yeah. for the team and then that smile from angel when cordy says Aww. i love you that huge genuine grin oh it was yeah. so precious and so wonderful and it just lit up my heart yeah, no, that's one of my favorite moments is when she says that. And she says that in such a great, you know, like they play up this, you know, like romantic sort of angle with with Cordy and Angel and they're giving it a slow burn. But it's it's nice because when she says, I love you, mm-hmm. especially after all the distance between them lately and, you know, and her being mad at him and we're not friends and all of that kind of stuff. To have her say with such enthusiasm and so casually, I love you. Mm-hmm. It's such a nice and wonderful and just sweet, sweet moment between them. And I, I love the development of that relationship. It's really, really nice. Yeah, I do too. And it was just, it was such great angel, that smile from mm-hmm. him, you know, and the just yeah. the, su- the surprise on his face and yeah. that real delight and that real love is so great. And yeah but then i just had like two little side notes one is angel is great at setting things on fire yes and, <laughs> like that will always always make me happy and then mm-hmm. lila had this one line that i just adored when she was talking to their client at wolfman heart yeah and she said don't worry if a jury ever hears this they'll either be handpicked or enchanted by us right <laughs> it's like it's damn fine. <laughs> Talk about stacking the deck, you know? They got like, an answer for everything. everything. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was well, great. I love that we saw Pete Gardner, who is Daryl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's the guy who stabbed himself in the eye. So it was a horrifying thing. But I was like, oh, my God, it's Daryl. You know, oh. so it was really fun to see him. Um, I love 
Lindsay early in the episode in the meeting with Wolferman Hart where they mention Angel on their agenda and he's like Angel he's up he's down he's good he's bad he's a barrel of dead monkeys (laughs) (laughs) it's so so great and then when Lauren is like uh two enemies one case all coming together in a beautifully buddy movie you kind of (laughs) way yeah I love the fact that he was like you guys are gonna have to work together it's gonna be a buddy cop thing just deal with it yeah (laughs) it was great It's really, really nice. All right. So what do you got to stake in this episode? So the whole like medical horror is is just something I'm always going to kind of have to stake anyway, just for myself, because Mm -hmm. that guy stabbing himself in the eye was horrible. Yeah. But then Lindsay's boss schedules a hand transplant as a surprise. I'm like, yeah, Wolferman Hart has a damn strange sense of employee health care. And the doctor's mm-hmm. like, do you have any questions? And Lindsay's like, one, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, Damn, because I guess they don't need any consent forms at all. To I think you surgery. sign a consent form for everything when you sign up with Wolferman Hart, and then you just ride the ride. I guess, <laughs> I man. That's how it works. It's like, damn. But that secret lab under the floor is too creepy and awful yeah. and horrifying. Oh, God, and no, that's awful. I cannot handle those poor people suspended in medical chambers. So I just have to close my eyes and listen yeah. to the dialogue because I just can't. But mm-hmm. it's so grim and angel tells Lindsay he's like you know these are spare parts for guys like you this is your firm in action and Mm -hmm. I think that we finally hit the line that Lindsay can't cross yeah especially Mm -hmm. because the guy that Lindsay got his hand from which just creeps me out to even say Lindsay knows him you know his name was Brad Mm -hmm. they worked in the mail room together and so you kind of see where Lindsay has worked his way up yeah and Brad found his way here and, mm-hmm. you know, Lindsay did look truly horrified, but Angel won't tell him what to do. And I I don't know how to feel about Lindsay killing Brad. And I really was wondering what Angel would have done. Yeah, I mean, I think that for Lindsay, that was an act of compassion. Yeah. Like Brad was, you know, his body parts were missing. He was begging Lindsay to kill him, yeah. you know. And I think that in that circumstance... You know, it was it was a mercy thing. You know, it was something that it, it's I think easier for the person who is doing the saving mm-hmm. to like save people. Yeah. You know, but when this guy knew that he didn't want to live, that it was whatever he was suffering was too much and he just wanted to die. And Lindsay gave him that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that was a really difficult call to make. And I'm glad they made Lindsay make that call. Yeah. You know? Yeah, me too. But also, why was Lindsay awake during the procedure? Like, they're talking to him and they're like, hey, Lindsay, you know, and you're seeing all this kind of like blurred, you know, strange vision as he's like under the drugs and whatever. But he's awake while they're putting on his hand. Like, that feels wrong to me. I think they try to keep people awake as much as possible in surgery um, because anesthesia is like the biggest um, danger point of surgery like that's yeah i think that they they try to avoid complete sedation whenever possible it's better for your brain activity so wow maybe because they were attaching a limb they were able to do that under partial sedation i don't know yeah i mean i know there's some like brain surgery things where they need you to be awake Mm -hmm. so that they can make sure that everything's 
you know how it should be or whatever but yeah, like i don't know i'm i'm not a medical doctor i have no idea yeah i don't know like i had my tubes tied and they knocked me out yeah. cold like <laughs> i imagine that a hand transplant trumps a, a tubal ligation i, I think, think so, so. I have, I have no idea, I but it, it seemed so. weird to me that he was awake for yeah. that. Well, like, I mean, with my arm, you know, I had to have it operated on three times when I broke it. And their biggest concern with having to repeat the surgery was the anesthesia. Oh, each God. Time. But you were, but you were out Completely. each time though, right? Oh, yeah. I Oof. had to be. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. So. Okay. Yep. Not good. Anyway, medical horror, medical horror. horror horrifying medical stuff. Not we're just going to stake all of that. And then I did have like one line of dialogue that really, mm -hmm. really, really bothered me. Yeah. And so at the beginning, we see the dad, and he's like in good dad mm -hmm. role, right? Yeah. But when his daughter mm -hmm. runs in, he says, where's my sugar? And I mm -hmm. don't like it. I'm not okay with that line, yeah. because children should always have a choice in kissing or hugging anyone. Mm -hmm. And when it's worded as a demand, it just kind of creeps me out. Yeah. So it was a small thing, but I just didn't like it. And yeah, I think that Nathan Reed's office is bigger than my entire apartment. Oh, sure. So I'm just throwing that out there. And then I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to, you know, have a very stern conversation with Angel because he's a bad tipper. And yeah. <laughs> when he had lunch delivered, you could, and he said, keep the change. I loved mm -hmm. the, the snark from the delivery guy. He's like, wow, a whole dollar. I'm the luckiest delivery guy ever. Right. And I was like, Angel, like being a bad tipper is on my, you know, against my you must be this tall list. Like you right. have to learn how to tip. Mm -hmm. I know you're old. But you got to keep up with inflation, man. This is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be able to do that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because they do this as a joke that like Angel is is extraordinarily cheap. So they're doing this like Jack Benny thing with him. But it doesn't seem consistent with his, you know, with his personality or with anything else about him. Yeah. So it's always, it's always a weird joke when it shows up. And, and other times it's fine. So like every right. now and again, somebody picks up that joke and they want to play with it. But it's just a little bit weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know. So, All right. So what got know. you into research mode on this one? Okay. So the Pocla demon was creepy, but also really intriguing. Mm -hmm. So you have a demon who heals humans. Right. And like bringing that into a medical space, like mixing that kind yeah. of science and that kind of magic. Mm -hmm. I thought there was a lot that they could have done with that. And like, mm -hmm. it was a really, really interesting idea. Yeah. And Angel knows about the Pocla demons and he knows how they work. Mm -hmm. But then we never see them again. And so it's just like one right. more cool thing that originates in Wolfram and Hart that then just goes away. Well, and, and also like the evil of it. You know, yeah. the, the evil hand, like why they're doing these things, they're engaging this demon, is the demon, is this the way the demon is flipping them off and being like, yeah, sure, I'll do this for you, but it comes at a cost and this, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Like, it seems to take Wolfram and Hart by surprise. This guy, you know, who stabbed himself in the eye, like, I mean, that's, that's not okay. So, right. like, how is this? Wolfram and Hart doesn't seem to know that this is going to be a consequence. So did the Pocla mm -hmm. demon do that as, or is it just a natural part of it? Does it go away after a while? Perhaps a heads up to some people might be okay. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of unanswered questions in that process. And I think that there, you're right. Like it is a really interesting idea. So why are we not answering those questions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just weird to me. And then I love them 
always going to Caritas for answers. I'm never yeah. going to get tired of that. But mm-hmm. wouldn't it make more sense for Cordy to sing instead of Angel since she's the one who had the vision? Yeah, I was thinking that too. It yeah. does seem weird, you know? I thought that that was kind of weird. Except we like to make the jokes about Angel singing, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was just mm-hmm. like, huh, I think Cordy should be the one singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, because I have, like, the music for the show on my phone yeah. and I listen to the soundtrack for it all the time. Um, I was reading the lyrics for the song that Lindsay is singing. Mm-hmm. And it says, the sky's going to open, people going to pray and crawl, it's going to rain down fire, it's going to burn us all. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, is Lindsay singing and songwriting about the apocalypse? Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. So I just thought that that was really interesting. And then I wanted to know, how does Lindsay know Reed's password? <laughs> of course, Lindsay knows right. Reed's password. Like, well, first because of all, Lila has it and Lindsay is spying on Lila. Yeah, so, but I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. read, protect your <laughs> password, man. And exactly. you don't use dictionary Well, his password words. is password. I mean, come on. You know, yeah, he's that I mean, kind of guy, like, right? Really? Really? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then I liked, at the end, Lindsay telling Angel, the key mm-hmm. to Wolfram and Hart, don't let them make you play their game. Make them play yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does Angel have a game? Because yeah. We've seen him react to everything mm-hmm. from Wolfram and Hart. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know that he has a game that he would want them to play. Like, I don't think he's thinking strategy like that in the way that Lindsay meant it. Right. That's he's not. But Lindsay wakes him up to that. Yeah. That's like, what I, I don't think wondering. it occurs to Angel until that moment, you know, that he can he can set the terms of the game. But right. he's letting he's letting them set the terms of the game. So this is a big, I think, a big moment for Angel if he picks that and runs with it. Yeah, I guess that's what I was wondering, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I felt like I was missing the meaning of this episode title. Yeah. So was Dead End a horrible play on words for Dead End Job? Because some employees of Wolfram and Hart end up as unwilling transplant donors? Or was there meaning there that I'm just not getting? No, I mean, that was the meaning that I got. There's one point where I think Wesley says we're at a dead end, you know, so okay. I mean, it's in the it's in the script itself. But I mean, I think that, yeah, I think we're talking about the dead end of Brad's arm. Like, I think that like that's, you know, that's and also the that Lindsay's hit his end, you know, with with Wolfram and Hart. He's done, you know, mm-hmm. so um, so I kind of read it that way. Okay. I was just curious if I had missed something deeper because, you know. I always I don't want think so. there to I think be meaning in every episode right. title. <laughs> right. It's a little ambiguous, but that's kind of what I got out of it. So. Okay, cool. I don't know. Well, moving on with one to brood on. Dead End is a breather episode, one in which we have a single story happening, not much happening elsewhere in the bigger story. Often breather episodes are skippers, but because this is Lindsay's goodbye and we get a consequence escalation with Cordy's visions, we chose to make it a watcher, and it doesn't hurt that it is just so damn good it's such a great episode so we had to make it a watcher um so kelly tell me and i i pretty much already know the answer to this question but (laughs) what's got you still thirsty this week okay so before i talk about Lindsay, Mm -hmm. i have to say cordelia's tattoo yeah because we've seen angels and now we've seen cordy's and damn Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. gorgeous but then of course we have Lindsay mcdonald singing and playing guitar Christian mm-hmm. Kane is so gorgeous, and he has an amazing voice. And thirsty may not be a strong enough word. 
So, <laughs> and <laughs> for anyone watching the show who doesn't know, Christian Kane is the lead singer of his band, which is called uh-huh. Kane. And he his album Welcome to My House is on Spotify. If you'd like to hear more of his music, it's country southern rock. And he's Mm -hmm. got a voice like whiskey. And my favorite song of his is Making Circles. But the song he sang in in this episode, Dead End, is called L.A. Song. And Mm -hmm. it's available on the Angel soundtrack, which is called Live Fast, Die Never. And that's also available on Spotify. All right. Well, I'm going to be adding that to my phone immediately. (laughs) Yeah. I listen to it all the time because we've got the, you know, the theme song for the show yeah and some mm-hmm. of the music from the show and it is fantastic and the cover art for that album is gorgeous awesome i'm gonna have to yeah. check that out all right so kelly what is your favorite part of these two episodes so i kind of had to extend it a little um yeah because i love cordy wanting to help everyone and the guys mm-hmm. wanting to help her yeah you know mm-hmm. because we see all of cordy's growth as a person and sweet angel and the warm fuzzy friendship mm-hmm. but also Lindsay. Because, Aww. damn, sexy, yeah. southern, smart-ass, bad boy, badass singer is pretty much <laughs> always going to be my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I mean, for me, I got to say, it's when Angel and Lindsay are interrogating the parole officer. That <laughs> is my favorite thing. I love that. I think that scene is done perfectly everything in that scene is just incredible i love all of it i love the escalation of their relationship it's all fantastic now we want to hear about your favorite part so join in the discussion on twitter follow lonnie at lonnie diane rich and me at dr kelly jones and use the hashtag still dead for more in-depth discussion, visit the Chippers forums. Go to chippers.com, click on forum, and join in fun. Or you can support Chippers Media to the tune of $1 a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord where you can hang out with me and Kelly and all the Chippers patrons who all actualize their potential and get the most out of their afterlife. Visit patreon.com slash chippers to find out more. You can also show your support for Still Dead by going to Apple Podcast and giving us a review. That's one of the most effective ways to support your favorite podcast. Or you can use your social media platform of choice to tell your friends. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. And to say thanks to our rogue demon hunters who take the time to write reviews, we turn now to the Prophecy Scrolls. I'm writing these in reverse chronological order, so post your review and you'll hear your prophecy soon. For Captain Feminist... When Angel blew up the lab, he unknowingly destroyed a vault of valuable fanfic scrolls. The powers that be have called on you to research and rewrite one of these stories, for in it lies answers to Angel Season (laughs) 5. You shall discover that when Lindsay left L.A., he found his way to a dive bar in Texas, where he met a woman whose musical talents were the opposite of her name. (laughs) Lindsay was inspired to teach Harmony to sing, and Harmony taught Lindsay all that she had learned from Doug the Motivator. Somehow, Lindsay resisted the urge to stake Harmony, and she resisted the urge to bite him. Well, she didn't bite him too hard or too often. (laughs) Together, they formed a new cult, drawing power from karaoke singers and unknowingly carrying out part of Wolfram and Hart's plan until they were strong enough to return to L.A., It's up to you to chronicle all that they accomplished and to hide your scroll in a place where Wesley will be sure to find it. It is of vital importance that you write as cryptically and vaguely as possible. Bonus points if you can tell the story in verse. (laughs) 
God. Your prophecies are fantastic. So everybody be sure to go and give us a five-star review because you got to get one of your own. All right. We will be back next time with two watchers, Belonging and Over the Rainbow, episodes 19 and 20 of season two. Until then, don't let them make you play their game. Make them play yours.